Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Chronic pain, it's something that a lot of people experience, and yet should they be focusing on the pain? Or is getting better going to require them to refocus a little bit on some other areas of their life and their body that might be feeling well? Well, today we're going to be talking with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is the founder of the Comfort Clinic, and he's got a different approach, a very well-needed approach to dealing with some of the symptoms of chronic pain and how refocusing our attention can sometimes make all the difference. Today, we're going to be talking about these areas, particularly of what else can we do when we're dealing with chronic pain issues, because it's not just about popping pills anymore. Now, as we discuss it today, we are live in the studio, and our show is your show, so that if you've had experiences or you've had some issues and you want to know, you know, should you be looking at getting off of some of your pain medicine, or are you someone who's tried and has not? This is a show where we can all learn from one another, and we can always learn from you. So you can always call us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Dr. Daniel, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you so much. Nice to be back. We've had you on a few years ago. That was when you first started the Kailua Comfort Clinic, Mm -hmm. and now you've expanded your practice, included clinics in Haleiwa. How has it been going when you've started your program what kind of success have you been seeing? And what's the, what's the, how do you do it differently? What's the motto of your program versus what other people might expect to get when they think about chronic pain? Well, those are several beautiful questions. Uh, definitely uh, being here relatively new in my second year, actually entering my third year, um, practice has grown quite a bit, quite a good, strong number of people in pain. And uh, what I do is I um, generally work with people to get more comfortable because even when they see a physician, they're not with the physician to get drugs. You know, People in pain are not drug addicts. They want to get comfortable. And right now, that's the m- main way we're trained is you pop a pill. And pills are okay, but in a moderate level. What I do is I show people how to do certain things that will reduce the source of a lot of the pain, which is the sensitivity in your brain and nervous system and this oodles of articles and science uh, on this that essentially demonstrates that as you reduce the sensitivity in your brain to pain, you get more comfortable. And there are a number of ways you can do that. Now, you had a great analogy that you shared with us before, shared again just a few moments ago, that had to do with if you're sitting in a room and there's a loud speaker coming out of the floor and it's making this loud music that you just don't like to hear or whatever it is. Driving you nuts. It's driving you nuts. What could you do? So you're sitting there. There happens to be a pile of pillows. You can't leave the room. There's this noise coming up. It's like the worst music you ever heard. You take a pillow. Ah, you throw it on top of the grate. Ah, it muffles it a little. It's a little better. But you haven't changed the sound of the blast under the pillow. But that doesn't matter because you've muffled. You throw two more pillows, oh, that's even better. You throw 10 pillows, it's like it's not even there. And that's a measure of getting, feeling comfortable around the pain that people who I've worked with, whether we're using meditation or hypnosis or other kinds of skills, they notice that even if the pain's there, it's not bothering them in the same way. They're actually more comfortable. So now you teach 
It's like an eight-week class that people participate in. What are some of the different things that someone might experience if they signed up to go to the comfort clinic to learn more about how to handle these things? Well, uh, the class or individually, I have a set of about 36 skills that have been thoroughly researched and also in my golly, 22 years of experience with this, I've seen people use the skills very successfully to get comfortable. So some of these skills are actually divided into eight categories. Uh, I put them on a wheel. I call it the comfort wheel. Uh, And these are our our strategies uh, that each have a set of skills. One is noticing. So noticing some of the first signs in your body or your mind or even in the world around you that may tell you you're heading for a pain flare because pain flares are, you know, it's bad enough dealing with everyday pain. But then if you get that shock of increase, you know, so noticing the first sign, like for one woman, she would notice a tension in her shoulders before she got a migraine. Now, when you notice this, then you can use the other skills to help you get more comfortable. Second category is refocusing skills, how to refocus your attention. And these are what some people call the relaxation skills, meditation, body relaxation, imagery, hypnosis, things like that, Um, mindfulness. Um, Then there are moving skills. And this is how to move through four different activities that most people move through, but definitely people in pain. And that would be uh, setting goals. Because, you know, if depression comes along or pain comes along, it says, you don't have a future. A lot of people feel that. And when you say, oh, yes, I do, because I'm going to walk three days next week for one minute each, and you build slowly up to your exercise goal or social goal or whatever that is. So setting up goals. A second is how to sleep, ways to get more rest and sleep at night. A third is physical activity. How can I do my activities in a way that fits my body? And finally, um, and of course, I'm going to forget that fourth one. <laughs> but, 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 you know, there are these uh, oh, uh, pain flare planning making a plan for what to do when a flare comes along. That's one, two, three categories. The fourth category is enjoying. So when we do things, a great discovery from a field called positive psychology, that as we automatically do things that will raise our mood up, the sensitivity in the nervous system goes down and your comfort level goes up. You feel better. Fine, uh, uh, one more, another skill uh, set is rethinking skills and how to catch negative thoughts before they catch you because if you follow a negative thought, it'll take you to a negative place. And finally, relating skills, how to improve your relationships. I like to say setting limits on annoying people if they're annoying <laughs> you, but also to develop... i want to set some limits on some annoying people. Really, really. <laughs> and also to, you know, so many people in chronic pain get isolated, so how to build a new social life. So all of those six categories and the skills they contain have been very helpful. You may not need all of them, but definitely they're there for you. So this is the concept is that if you can take a look at, you know, I like the idea of planning ahead because a lot of people plan ahead. Hey, I'm going to go on a trip. What kind of medicine do I need? And it's it's the idea of saying, hey, you know what? If I start to get, like you mentioned, the woman with the migraine, neck stiffness, I know a migraine is coming. Here's what I've got to do to keep myself from going down that path. No, I can't go to five afternoon meetings. No, I can't run around doing all this stuff after work. Mm -hmm. I must go home and rest. Sort of to identify that, break the pattern, plan ahead, and have have a whole idea as to what you can do. And one really useful way that can empower you is to imagine pain, and this is a little different way of thinking. Certainly you have pain, you have a condition. However, if you think of pain as a bad guy outside of you, 
sending uncomfortable thoughts in your head and uncomfortable feelings, you can imagine instead of having pain, you have a relationship with pain. And you can use these skills, these practices, like the woman noticing the tension in her shoulders, you can use that to change your relationship with pain. And then you become more empowered. You don't need a doctor for changing a relationship. We all have relationship skills. So okay. that's one way I, I encourage people to think. We've got a caller on the line already. We've got wow. Edward calling in from Pukulani. Edward, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, how are you? Great. How about yourself? Um, doing better. Thank you. Wonderful. What can we do for you today? Okay, I, I'm curious. I I have suffered migraines for since I was 16. Now I'm I'm 67, and I haven't been able to conquer that one. But I have other things that I have been able to conquer, like lower back pains or back pains in general. Um, following, uh, I read a book by Dr. Uh, John Sarno, mm-hmm. and another one by David Skechner. And I'm wondering if that is the same, because basically they talk about stress causes the disdains. Uh, I would like to hear the doctor's opinion on that system. Well, you know, and it's it's interesting you mentioned the word stress. There have just been some recent articles linking the different brain chemistry that goes on with stress with actually inciting things like heart attacks. So we now know that stress can cause a lot of damage in our body. It can actually set off a chemical cascade of these hormones, these fight-or-flight hormones, that can really change how your body experiences a lot of things, pain included. So I'm curious, Dr. Lev, what do you think about Edward's thought on stress causing some of these issues. Oh, absolutely. And those those folks he mentioned, very good, very useful. You know, there are many different perspectives on how to help folks. And my general perspective as a psychologist is if it works, do more of it, okay? So I'm not saying I'm cornering the market on this or that, even though I'd rather people focus on comfort rather than pain. Uh, and controlling pain is increasing your comfort. But still, these skills can work. Stress the stress-pain connection has been known for a long time, both chemically but also psychologically. You know, we get overly focused. We increase our anxiety. Maybe our mood goes down, and that sensitizes the brain, and you become more uncomfortable. So if you can turn that around like Edward has, uh, that's terrific. Uh, you can also apply this to migraines. Well, and I think when we think about what brings on migraines. So some people say they get an aura and it happens all of a sudden. And some people say if I haven't slept well, if I haven't been eating right, if I haven't been hydrating, there may be some triggers in their lifestyle Mm -hmm. that, you know, we're not assessing blame. It may not be their fault. Mm -hmm. But if they identify what those triggers are, it might help them to be able to avoid having to, like you said, if you go down to a dark place, you know, if you start thinking negative thoughts or you're getting very upset about something, you'll wind up somewhere you might not want to be. Right. You catch the thought before it catches you. And thoughts actually have no power over us unless we follow them. So if I think a great thought, oh, I have a beautiful wife or a fabulous kid, you feel good. If you start thinking negative thoughts, you can go down that road. Um, So definitely that is one of the ways to help raise your, your comfort level is to move away from negative mood states by doing that. Now, let's talk a little bit about the people who have gone through your eight-week process because, I mean, and just to be just to be a little devil's, devil's advocate for a moment, it sounds great. You know what? You're going to focus on being positive. You're going to focus on accepting your symptoms. You're going to focus on re, reinterpreting the signals in your body. You're going to work on feeling better. 
and feeling comfortable, it may not it may not work for everybody, but I'm certain it's worked for some people. When you look at the statistics of the people that you've seen in your clinic, obviously you've expanded your practice because people have seen success. What sort of rates have you seen and who's been the most resistant person that you've kind of helped turn the corner? So two things. Uh, One, uh, the research basically shows that these kinds of programs, people come out feeling more empowered, more comfortable. It doesn't make all the pain go away, but they get back to life. In fact, you know, some people will be told by a doctor or by others, we can't do anything. You just have to live with it. Live with the pain. I'm not about living with the pain. I'm about the person living life. So uh, these these studies basically have shown people are returning to life. Um, what I've noticed in my practice, since I'm doing a lot of these same skills, I just tend to repurpose them more toward comfort rather than managing pain, is that people, uh, for the most part, come out at the end of eight weeks feeling better. In fact, I asked this question. Um, what have you noticed you know, on the graduation day? What have you noticed over the last two months compared to two months ago? What's going on now wasn't going on then. And most people will talk about some interesting things, some more, more active, some less, but they notice some kind of positive shift. And it's not just it's my eight-week program. People are doing this around the country in eight, 12, 10, 5, 6, whatever the program is. Uh, the idea is to work in a multidisciplinary fac- faction, uh, rather fashion with your physician, physical therapist as needed, maybe uh, acupuncturist, other people. And that's why I support that as well as my component, which is the psychological component. So if you had to describe your ultimate dream team <clears> – <throat> When we think about, you know, in the recent past year or so, the U.S. Surgeon General sent out a primer on how to handle, you know, again, focusing on pain, chronic pain medicine and pain prescriptions. Mm -hmm. Then we've also had a lot of information. CDC has gotten involved trying to really look at what is now considered to be an opioid epidemic. You know, I remember in the 90s, everybody was taught pain is your fifth vital sign. You need to make sure that you address pain because if someone's in pain, you must fix that. That was ingrained in us in medical school back in, you know, the 90s or so and ingrained in residency. And now we're looking at trying to take a look at that saying, was that really all that effective? We're looking at this shift moving away from taking a pill for every problem. Mm -hmm. And we need to look at this with, you mentioned, a multidisciplinary approach. In a perfect world, who's on your dream team? Absolutely. And you're absolutely right. When they, in the 90s, said, let's support people who are in pain, they were only supporting with chemicals. And then some some of the inscrupulous practitioners would just, they'd call them pill mills. They would just throw that at them. Uh, As far as my dream team, uh, well, I was... I was experienced in a couple of different places, including Kaiser in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm not sure so much about the program here. I had a little involvement a while back. But um, uh, it includes a, a pain psychologist, okay, physician, physical therapist. That's a good straight core. But other people like uh, occupational therapists, people that can show you how to move your body so you don't hurt your body. Uh, how to get back to work and work that fits your body and not some cubicle. Um, perhaps if they're spiritual people, to include uh, spiritual folks in the, that kind of a program. But the core, like I said, is a physician, a psychologist, and the physical therapist uh, can work together in helping you uh, get back to life. So essentially, you know, the physician could still be prescribing Absolutely. medication if you need it. And right. there's, there's also the one thing 
just to point out is there's pain medicine that is not narcotic. Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of ways to use it. Even some people are advocating the use of cannabis that I know is controversial in some places. But some of my patients who are using cannabis, they're benefiting from it. But again, uh, my focus is on skills, not so much on pills. Uh, I support people having a certain level. But I find people that start to depend on themselves. Uh, it's like I was telling you before, you know, if some people will, will tell the doctor or ask the doctor, okay, what can we do now? The doctor says there's no more options. You just have to live with it. Uh, those doctors aren't quite correct. There's one more option. There's you. You as a person can do certain things to change your brain, changes your body. Like I said, you start feeling more comfortable and you get back to life. So it really empowers people. Right. Th- but let me just get back to one other thing you said. It was beautiful. How do we know this works, right? And people, when they come in, there's doubts, you know. I totally agree with that. You know, you're in the medical world for a long time, meaning you're just looking for other people to fix you. It takes a while to figure out you actually can do something. So I tell folks, listen, don't believe me. Believe what you see. Try these practices on. I'll help you tweak them, and let's see if they're useful for you. And I swear to God, like 9 out of 10 people will have some kind of positive experience by the eighth week, if not before. Using any one of the techniques. Not, yeah, it, not the same technique might not work for everybody. Right. So in the class, it's like any class. Here's a general v- overview of everything. You know, I have a book coming out. It's going to have a general overview of everything. But when I work individually, I help them kind of uh, tape uh, uh, to um, make it their particular program to uh, tailor it to their needs, okay? Some people have relationship problems. We're going to focus on that because those relationship problems raises their stress, and you know what that does to the pain. Or someone's depressed, so we'll help them raise their mood. So it depends on the person. But the class itself gives you a good overall. And here's the other thing. You sit down next to people who know exactly what you're dealing with. And the healing aspect of being together with other people, and believe me, it's not a a complaint session. I help people focus on, like here's a question I ask people every week. What is something going on lately, large or small, that you want to see happen more? You know, in other words, what's something you're enjoying lately? And the person starts to notice, well, you know, I laughed a little bit on Tuesday, and I want to see more of that. And then as the weeks go on, people notice more and more. So really, it's not just... It, it's not just taking a look at how to make yourself comfortable. It's really incorporating, refocusing. What you focus on is mm-hmm. often where you put all your Absolutely. attention. Yeah, I came up with this formula. It's, this is the secret to all life. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. Attention equals experience. Attention equals experience. Wherever you put your attention, that's going to be your experience. If you focus on the pain, guess what? You're going to be hurting a lot. If you focus, and I'm not saying the pain all goes away when you do this, but when you focus on how beautiful your child's face is or what a beautiful day this is, and you do various other practices that help you focus because pain will keep pulling your focus away, over time, you'll have a different experience. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a chronic pain psychologist, founder of the Comfort Clinic. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some real live scenarios where he has worked with folks and kind of give us some some stories about what's worked for people and different techniques that have really helped some folks move beyond feeling as though their life is full of pain to feeling as though their life is full of energy and activity and fulfillment, even if they still have 
the same medical condition that might have contributed to this pain experience that they previously had been focusing on. As we are talking today, we are in the studio live. So we are here and so can you be. You can join us at any time at 941-3689, toll free 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I'm Sarah Bauer, HPR's Sustaining Member Coordinator. Before working here, I didn't quite understand what it meant. Member-supported radio. A member is a listener who helps to pay for the national and local programming they enjoy. A member could be you. Your financial support is needed today and every day. Please consider becoming a member by going to our website or calling during business hours at 955-8821. Thank you. On January 21st, in the Atherton studio, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Barry Barrick narrates Twinge, the contemporary music piece adapted from his cover story. The Haven Trio performs this 15-song cycle by Hawaii composer John Magnuson, dedicated to the victims of the Indonesian tsunami. More at hprtickets.org or call 955-8821 during business hours. Sponsored by Bonnie Rice and the Rice Partnership Wealth Management. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a chronic pain psychologist. And we're talking today about ways that we can all refocus our attention, maybe refocus how we feel, and in essence, get more comfort in our lives. Who doesn't want that? I'm going to sign up for more of that. Now, as always, our conversation involves you. If you've ever had an experience with chronic pain, if you've ever been in a situation where you've heard someone say, quote, there's nothing else we can do for you, what did you do after that? And how did that how did that phrase make you feel when you heard it from your doctor or your provider's mouth? Kathy, it's it's a difficult one. Can I add if somebody has a loved one who's in chronic pain, you want to call, please feel free. Absolutely. That's another element because it pain affects the whole family. So you can join us at any time at nine four one three six eight nine. Toll free eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. Dr. Daniel, you bring up a really good point. Pain doesn't just affect one person. It affects the entire family, the entire friend, the network, the unit. It's it's really something that can take someone out of living an active, what they feel is fulfilling, engaging life. Mm -hmm. And if they don't feel well, they may drop out of their own social network. That affects everybody. Oh, yeah. It definitely affects everybody. And one way, again, I said, uh, imagine pain is this bad guy outside of you. Well, unfortunately, uh, when the couple's not working well, thinking of a couple, uh, let's say it's a wife with fibromyalgia, a lot of pain around her body, like I've had one client, you know, and he'd come home. He was a nurse, and he, he would harangue her. What's the matter? You don't do anything, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't realize it, but he's working with pain against her. However, when I've had these people in therapy and I counsel them, you two can work together against pain. And like this one uh, couple, um, she wanted to change her relationship with pain. Her husband got some days off, said, let's go down. This was in San Francisco. Let's drive down, take drive one day down to L.A. We'll go to Disneyland. We'll do it in a day. We'll drive back up. It's three days. And she said, no. 
because I am going to be in terrible pain. Let's change our relationship. Let's drive halfway down. We'll stay in a, a motel with the kids. They'll go to the beach. Then the next day we'll go the rest of the way. We'll be in L.A. for three days. You guys can go to Disneyland. I'll join you when I can. When I can, I'm going to go uh, to the hotel and enjoy uh, room service. And by the time she got back, she had a very small flair, but she got to be with the family as much as she could, and they worked together against pain, and so they had a good time. It's a really important thing to have totally. that unit work together absolutely, as opposed to working against one another. I right. think pain is such a personal experience that it's often hard to know mm-hmm. how much this is affecting someone else. And yep. in, in looking at that scenario, being more supportive and trying to say, let's work together. And, and then not, they raise their comfort level. You, you do. You and know. then she has this great experience as opposed to having a negative experience exactly. because of pushing it really hard to make sure that everyone else is happy. And then, you know, not feeling as though that was that was really helpful. So in that scenario, that was a couple that could address this together. What are some other ways that people could work together? How could friends help someone else who they know is in chronic pain who needs to focus more on comfort? That would be how could they help? (laughs) Well, I jokingly tell some of my clients, uh, you got to be Jewish. What does that mean? Use questions. So instead of saying, you know, you should do this, you should do that is say, Kathy, I know you're in a lot of pain. Uh, is there anything I can do for you? Something you know? simple as that, so, open-ended. Just what can I do for you? Do you need – sometimes they just need you to listen. Sometimes say, listen, just help me distract myself. Let's go for a walk. Let's talk about boys or girls depending, you know, and, and just chill. So to ask the person what do they want, okay, not to give advice. The worst thing, one of the worst things you can say is, oh, pain, oh, I get pain, yeah, but I, don't know, I handle it pretty well. But the pain <laughs> that the average person gets, uh, bless their hearts, you know, they don't have what the, the person in pain has uh, because they wouldn't be taking all these drugs, running the doctors if they weren't dealing with some real discomfort. Well, and negating someone's experience by trying yes, to one-up them. Exactly. You know, it's sort of like, well, I've had it even worse than you. Right, right. And you're like, well, that really didn't make me feel right. good at all. Here's another thing to avoid. Don't ask, unless they're okay with it, how do you feel? You know, mm. <laughs> because then it focuses on the pain. Talk about the baseball game. Talk about clothes, anything but that. All right. We've got a couple of callers on the line. We've got Tommy calling in from Hawaii Kai. Tommy, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. What can we do for you? Well, I have a friend who's indigent. And he's living in a, a, a group home in Waianae. And he was just, um, three three months ago he fell, and he had to have a, a rod put in his back. And he's been on oxycodone for the last two and a half months now since the operation. And he's having a hard time getting off of it because of the pain management. He went to Castle and went to their pain management program, but he he only lasted about four or five days and just didn't really work for him. And so just wondering what options he might have because of his condition of being indigent and um, not really having uh, financial stability to be able to afford an upscale type clinic, maybe like the Comfy Clinic. I'm not sure about that clinic, but I'm just wondering if there's anything that I can do. That's a great question, Tommy. Here you are with a friend who's suffering, and you're saying, what are his options? He's had this this surgery. He's tried to do these other therapies. Great question, Dr. Lev. Yeah, just so you know, um, and I'll probably get in trouble for this in a way, I'm going to have a book coming out, and I'm giving it away to people like your friend, okay? 
and what I'm giving away is this. Uh, you'll go on my website at some point. It's uh, comfortclinic.org. And uh, you go to comfortclinic.org, and you'll see a bunch of stuff. But uh, you'll see my email address. Send me an email. Uh, if it's okay with him, you can send me his email. I will send him an email version of the book. It's actually divided up into readers. It's all the skills that could be useful. He's always welcome to give me a call. You know, I can I can talk to him to a certain limited basis, but definitely. Uh, but so you know, the Comfort Clinic isn't up yet as a full blown multidisciplinary program. Uh, it's mostly me right now, but I am working with other people to try to see if we can set up something. Uh, but you know, I'm sorry the program at Castle didn't work for him. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's not a match or the person's not quite ready because it does take time and effort to make a shift. And he's gone through quite a lot, it sounds like. So if you'd like, send me an email. I'm very happy to send this out. Uh, the book will probably come out in a couple of months but as book form, but I'm happy to send this to him if that helps. Your email address is on the comfortclinic.org? Uh, comfortclinic.org. Uh, yeah, my email address is there. So it's, no, there's no B in front of it. I'm sorry. No, there's no the. It's just Comfort Clinic. Or you can just type in Dr. Daniel Lev, and you'll probably find it that way, too. Sometimes it'll say L-E-V is in Victor, yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for calling in, Tommy. Clearly, you've got some major wishes for your friend. And, you know, there may be some things, particularly if he's interested. You know, you mentioned that your book is coming out. All of those different sorts of techniques that mm -hmm. someone can use. If you read it in the book, someone might be able to do some of these things on their That's own. That's my hope is, you know, I know it's really hard. And someday that you were asking me about online, I'm hoping to set that up in the near future so people can actually uh, connect uh, who can't leave their home. So in, in this situation, the best thing Tommy could do is support his friend by hopefully connecting him with the link of taking a look at this a digital version of your book, knowing that that's something that his friend could really take a look at and hopefully learn some of the techniques and maybe be able to work on which ones work best yeah, for and him. His, and his friend can call me. It's perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, what a what a great offer. I think it's really it's one of those things where we always a lot of us know people who are suffering and mm -hmm. because a lot of things are tied to having insurance, having the ability to pay, having the ability to do things. Sometimes a lot of people who have issues with not having that money mm -hmm. often get left behind. I'm a bit of a missionary about this. I worked for Kaiser for many years in a wonderful program like this. And I wanted to move here. And, you know, not everywhere outside of Kaiser or the VA do you find these kind of programs. So I wanted to set up something that people with other kinds of insurance policies or whatever can see me. In fact, I just got on Medicare, so I'm also seeing Medicare patients. So to be able to share that with people any way I can is what I'm about. Well, and that's you've definitely proven that that's your mission in life and you're doing a great job of it. And we need more Thank people you. like you. We need the dream team that you were thinking we need about. The dream team. We need lots of the dream team. Working on, on it. Working team. on it. All right, you keep me updated. We've got Jody on the line calling in from Hilo. Hello, Jody. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great. What can we do for you? I want to share a wonderful story with you. It's actually kind of almost to me even unbelievable. Okay. And when I was 19 years old, I was experiencing very severe chronic back pain. I'm 57 right now. And I was experiencing really chronic back pain. And my mother came with this book and said, Jody, you might be interested in this. I had been saying a prayer in 
in front of the fire um, in the fireplace that something will come along to fix this problem. I'm not going to live with this all of my life. And I was working as a machinist, and I would have to lift these castings that were like 50 pounds. And the book was called Reflexology by Mildred Carter. And I dismissed it as New Age poppycock. Yet, because I had prayed, and this book came, I was obligated by my own fortitude to apply what the book was telling me. And when I applied what the book was telling me, I was able to erase that pain. That's wonderful. Actually, my ongoing advice to people, and it sounds, it sounds so American, if it works, do more of it. Exactly. You know, yes. whatever it yes. is, you know, because we're all wired differently. If you find that an alternate uh, mode of treatment like reflexology is useful, terrific. That sounds great. I'm really glad. I was able to apply it. And, and, okay, I did nine years in the Army in the field artillery. I was an aircraft mechanic, and I did all kinds. I, I, I was a skydiving instructor after the chronic pain. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. That's and wonderful. So, yeah, we, exactly like you say. You, we have to find our path. It's a skill. You found a particular skill from that, that world that, that was useful, and that's the important thing. Prayer is also incredibly, incredibly powerful for people that uh, are religious or spiritual using prayer. I mean, I'm teaching meditation and hypnosis, and actually I just recently discovered um, um, something called spiritual meditation. Uh, you were mentioning, Kathy, before about MBSR, uh, mindfulness-based uh, stress, stress reduction. reduction. Mm-hmm. It's a very potent way since the late 70s that people can use mindfulness meditation, a combination of that, a little gentle yoga and body relaxation, uh, and that helps people. Well, uh, over the last several years, as, uh, I'm teaching health psychology at Argosy University, and so I I was re- in my researches for it. I found, oh, yeah, look at this. This person did a form called spiritual meditation for people who who believe in a God or something greater that they can connect to. And when they did that, that was actually even more potent than just some other kind of more secular meditation. So uh, spiritual or even just straight meditation or hypnosis kinds of practices are very useful for people. When we talk about things like hypnosis. I I generally think of meditation as something that you could do by yourself. You could do it on your own. You could work on the techniques. You could do it either, you know, you said secular or spiritual, or you could do mantra. But like hypnosis, I'm just thinking you need somebody else to help you with that. When you start off, it depends on the person. Some of us are born to be able to focus and use that. Just uh, really quickly, the difference between hypnosis and meditation. Um, by the way, you're right. Most, for most people, it's easier to start with meditation. You do two things, and you start changing what's going on in your body and what um, Dr. Herbert Benson called um, the relaxation response. Two things. Number one, you let go and relax. That means you, know, you just let your body relax as best you can. Let the thoughts come and go. Relax your mind as best you can. And number two, you focus on one thing. Now, that one thing could be two things, like feeling your breath going in and out, and as your breath goes out, you count one. The next breath out, two, up to ten breaths, and then you start with one again, just focusing on, on, on the breath or a count or a mantra. You do those two things together, letting go and relaxing and focusing, 
and you start making some wonderful feelings in your body occur over time. Hypnosis adds one more thing. So you're sitting, relaxing, if I'm hypnotizing you here, and you're focusing on my voice. And the third action you take is you take in ideas. Like I might say, one of those arms feels a little lighter. I'm not sure which one. And if you feel comfortable with me and you focus, those words go into your brain, okay, and your deep inner mind or deep brain function. Uh, they're finding uh, with functional MRI that certain parts of your brain turn on when you're hypnotized, that uh, you can use that to make interesting things happen in your body. It's one of the most powerful techniques I show people. At first, you need a hypnotist, but after a while, you can learn self-hypnosis. You can use it. You can do it yourself. I think that's beyond my capacity. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay, I could work on the meditation part of it. And and I've tried, and, and, and that's that's an important thing for me to, to – that'll be my intended goal for 2017. Do more of your own meditation. I think hypnosis is a whole other area that I sort of – I think it's like the advanced mm-hmm. level. So first you go to grade level one, then you go to two, three, and four. Actually, that's what I do. I'll show people how to do meditation first. And you can give me a call anytime if you need some uh, right. pointers. I could always use some pointers. (laughs) I think a lot of people, you know, one of the things that often I find has happened in society these days is that we've got email, we've got text messages, we've got cell phones, we've got office phones, we've got uh, 10 different ways to distract us from what we're supposed to do during the day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had people come in and say to me, I think I have, you know, adult onset ADD. And I'm like, well, why? And they describe for me what's going on. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that they're trying to do at once that they're scattered, literally mm-hmm. yeah. scattered. And, you know, even I've, I've had episodes myself. I'm sitting at my desk, supposed to be finishing my charts, get a phone call, get an email, suddenly refocus my attention in another area, and I don't feel like I'm really focused right, getting right. things done. I think we need to be really careful and mindful in our society today that we don't get so so caught up in the, the different avenues and platforms that are trying to get our attention. Oh, yeah. That we really just need to, you know, be outside, get rid of the computer, stop mm-hmm. looking at your cell phone and just yeah. breathe outside. I think there's such a value to what nature can bring to us. Well, this is one of the reasons why I, one of the categories of skills is refocusing, whether it's hypnosis, meditation, relaxation. It's help us start to focus a little differently. We have so many competitors for our attention. I mean, partly my my generation's responsible. You know, I'm a boomer in the '60s. A lot of colors, a lot of stimulation. You walk into a supermarket, it just I go into an altered state when I see all the different colored boxes. I hope you don't go hungry because no. that's just a bad scene. <laughs> Been there, done that. Don't. But do it. it's called this category is called refocusing because we're gonna get distracted. It's normal to get distracted. Um, they studied uh, Buddhist monks meditated let's say, 10, 20 years, six to eight hours a day, how long could they keep their attention focused before they get distracted? Can you know how long? Not at all. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. But these guys are expert meditators. Why? Because they have the same thing that you and I have. They have a brain, and brains are analyzing, thinking, and getting distracted, you know, because they're humans. But what they can do is they bring their attention back faster because they've been practicing. But anybody can get actually a lot of those skills within about five, six months. You can become quite effective in calming your emotions, in increasing your comfort level, and increasing your ability to focus your attention. Now, you'll still get distracted, but you'll be better at refocusing your attention. And that helps when you're in pain or stressed out or having any kind of other uh, uh, illness that can really take your attention away. 
God, I want to sign up and read your book like yesterday. All right, I'm Dr. <laughs> Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a health psychologist, actually a health psychologist with a specialty in chronic pain. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about where do we see this fitting into the general scheme of medicine? How can we look at integrating more of these different types of practices for people who, even if they don't have pain, just want to learn more about how to work on taking care of their body and their health in general. We'll be back in just a short break. But as always, remember, we're here live. You can call us if you would like to join us or if you have a comment or a concern about something you've experienced or a great story like we heard from Jody from Hilo. We're at 941-3689, toll free 877-941-3689. Hi, this is Howard Dykus. Starting February 14th, HBR throws a great switch, and miraculously, most news programming will be on HBR1, while all classical programming is on HBR2. Some programs will be new, so you'll want to explore both channels. But if you like Howard's Day Off and all the other classical shows, just remember this. Roses are red, violets are blue. On Valentine's Day, check out HBR2. The evolution in mobile networks could lead to a revolution in the Internet of Things. Every industry is being disrupted because it's being connected to the Internet. I'm Kai Rizdal. 5G networks and the future of connectivity. We'll have that story, the day's business news, of course, and the numbers from Wall Street next time on Marketplace. This evening at 6, following The Body Show. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Hawaii Pacific University and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Daniel Lev. He is a health psychologist with a specialty in chronic pain. And what we're talking about today is learning how to refocus your life, learning how to focus on comfort, rather than focus on the pain. That that simple process, which sounds so easy, really is not, could make all the difference in how someone is experiencing what sort of symptoms they have in their body. Dr. Lev, is it just about gratitude, refocusing? Is that enough? What other skills do people need if they, you know, like we've heard about Tommy's friend who has a serious physical issue, had surgery, had a rod placed, what else can we do for people in that situation? First of all, some of these skills are just common everyday living as a human being. But when you get chronic pain in your life, often you give them up because you mm. get so focused and immersed and overwhelmed. So it's getting back to some of those things that you used to do is going to help. Moving your body. Now, now uh, a principle I like to use is you could do a lot of things you used to do. You just need to do it differently. Like one woman who used to golf. 18 holes with her girlfriends, and they go out to lunch and have a great time, and now she's depressed and staying at home because her back hurts. So we talked about how she can do it differently. She went out. She she played three holes very carefully, rode the golf cart the rest of the way, and still hung out with her friends. So she did it differently. People that hike can take walks. There's different ways. So getting back to physical movement, laying around too much is not good, especially for back problems. Um, there are, again, people skills, people uh, hanging out with good people, setting limits on annoying people. And these are skills to be able to set limits so that they don't stress you out, but also to have positive people in your life. Uh, 
doing this. This is going to be a little scary. You ready? (laughs) (laughs) What did I just do? Laughter. What fake laughter that was. But guess what? I'm feeling a rush of chemicals in my body because our brains don't know the difference between real and fake laughter. Getting back to really laughing. I just did what I did, but you can watch things that get you to laugh. Laughter increases your body comfort. Doing fun things, I call these enjoying skills. You do things that bring enjoyment, even a little bit, that's going to make a change. Uh, improving your sleep. I you know, won't spend all the time now, but there's a whole big number of skills uh, that uh, in the health community they call it sleep hygiene. I call them sleep skills that can help. Absolutely. I think that's one of the other unsung issues, unsung heroes almost, is people who really need to learn and or find out, are they sleeping effectively? You know, there's a whole lot of information out there about sleep apnea and how that affects Mm -hmm. people's Mm -hmm. ability to, you know, get restful sleep during the day and these medical conditions that they might experience in their lives. But not getting good adequate rest, whether it be because of apnea or whether it just be because of serious pain. If you can't get your body to those deeper stages of sleep, you're not in those restorative body modes. You're going to have a harder time physically getting better. Absolutely. Sleep is essential. People who uh, are dealing with pain know that when they have a better rest or sleep evening, their daytime is better. And, uh, uh, simple quickie thing, if you want, is, um, you know, the bed has to be associated with rest and sleep, but too often we're tossing and turning. All kinds of reasons keep us awake. And so you can turn that back into a bed of rest if you, and this is based on some studies I won't go into right now, if you do three things. Number one, turn the clock around. After 20 minutes, you need to take action if you want a different experience in bed. Number two, and this is the hardest one, give up sleep that night. Do not try to go to sleep. It'll drive you nuts. Give up sleep that night? That night. Do not try to go to sleep. But three, rest all night. And what that means is use one of the refocusing skills like meditation to practice all night because some of the research shows your brain waves, go, the brain waves of a meditator and a sleeper very interestingly look similar. You can go into states of sleep and people will feel more rested in the morning even if they meditated all night. Now, that's quite a thing, but you know, there's two things going to happen. Either you're going to be awake and meditating all night or you're going to fall asleep. I don't think I could meditate all night. I got to be honest. I tried for like five, ten minutes and already I'm like, okay, got some stuff to do. Right, so, right. But, but I see your point, which is don't torture yourself <laughs> rolling in bed and saying, yes. how come I'm not asleep? I'm so stressed. Right. I'm not falling asleep. Just get mm-hmm. up. Admit defeat, know the next day you're probably going to be sleepy, and your body will tell you what it needs. Well, no, I'm saying, well, that's another thing you could do, but I'm saying that you can stay in bed. But stay rested. And rest your body and your mind as best you can using any of these techniques, and people tend to feel better the next day. At least that's what my patients So stay in bed. Don't get up. That's one way, yeah. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. We've got a Dr. Wynn on the phone. Uh, He wanted to discuss pain management. Welcome to The Body Show. Hello, Kathleen. Hi, this is Tony Nguyen. Uh, we, we are met at Straub. I, I just want to share with the listener that I do have a free eight-week online course where people can learn mindfulness uh, practice. Great. And the course just started yesterday that I, I, it's still open. People can join by going to my website, mindfulnessfreecourse.net, www.mindfulnessfreecourse.net. And if you register today, I would uh, accept uh, people who just started yesterday, so it's not too late. The free eight-week online course. 
great. Another way that people can really focus on trying to use the brain power. You know, one of the things that I think we often, and Dr. Wynn, you also acknowledge this as well, is that our brain has an amazing capacity to control a lot of how we feel. And that sometimes if we underestimate that power, that control that we each have out of of ourselves, Mm -hmm. we feel disempowered. We feel like we can't make any difference in how things are going on. But yet, mindfulness-based stress reduction, mindfulness courses, looking at things, meditation, hypnosis, these are all complementary activities. And like, you know, Jody had said when he read about reflexology, take what works for you, do that. Mm -hmm. If that works for you, keep up doing that. Different techniques are going to work for different people. Thanks for telling us about that, Dr. Wynn. That's a great yeah, opportunity that's, for that's folks. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, the whole idea is that the conventional medical community needs to start looking outside of what we're used oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. because there's other ways to handle a lot of medical conditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. I can see people who have bad diabetes. And if their diabetes gets worse when they're stressed and they stress eat because their lives are causing them problems, mm-hmm. unless we address that, There's no amount of diabetes medication that will overcome that. Never. And so unless it's that coordinated, cohesive, collaborative work, we really aren't going to get to the point where we can help people heal. Mm -mm. You're right. I mean, even in the case where, you know, hypnosis and people think it's very foo-foo, but there's evidence that essentially shows it's very effective and there's... uh, functional MRI evidence of what's going on in the brain. But coordinating with other providers, this is huge. That's why some uh, you know, institutions like Kaiser, the VA, or different places had these interdisciplinary programs that, according to the Institute of Medicine in their 2010 report called Relieving Pain in America, which is free online, Relieving Pain in America, they talk about these kinds of uh, programs have the best effect more than surgery, more than stimulators, you know, in the long run, uh, with less side effects. Um, And, uh, yeah, very helpful to work with people that way. All right. We have another caller on the line. We've got Jean-Michel from Pune. Jean-Michel, welcome to The Body Show. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've been in pain for 20 years, and uh, the first eight years, Basically went from doctor to doctor to doctor, yeah. trying to yeah. find someone who could help. And, and it, it, it wasn't until eight years had passed that I was actually able to find a doctor by referral uh, who wasn't taking new patients. And so the last 12 years I've been stable, but those first eight years was pretty much a living hell because I was given all these poor man's medications uh, that just made me feel so ill that I couldn't even function. Eventually, I was given medicine that that did allow me to function, but still the best thing is to be unconscious asleep or or exceedingly hot baths, keeping the mind occupied. Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you're talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So if you were in such a program as I'm talking about, along with a certain level of medication that's helping you get at least a basic level ability to function, uh, you wouldn't have to only depend on sleep, which I know a number of people in pain that that's what they'll do. They'll depend on just sleep. But the quality of life goes down. Um, And I'm not saying that this is what you're taking, but 
Uh, some people will take so many medications, they can't move, they're woozy, they can't really function, and some people want to function. So it's finding that balance uh, in things that you can do. Uh, but your story is not unusual. I've had people in my classes 20, sometimes 30 years, and when they start using skills, they actually surprise themselves. All right, Jock, I do help. Sorry, I'm sorry. All right, Jean Michel, I do help that works for you. You know, it sounds like it took you a while, but you found a way to at least find some relief, yeah. and you found a great, a great provider who helps partner with you on that, and that's the other really important element of it. We've got a time for another caller on the line. We have Jacques calling in from the North Shore. Welcome to the Body Show. Thank you, doctors, and a big aloha to you. I am in the construction industry, and I fell off a ladder about 20, 25 years ago and didn't think much about it at the time, but the next day I realized I had bruised my sciatic nerve, and mm. Uh, and about half an hour, it went from minor pain to uh, could hardly move. And, and Kaiser did help me out with some NSAIDs. But in, in the meantime, and over the past 25 years, I, I got better. But uh, I agree with your doctor there. Uh, Dr. Lev, is it? Yes, yes. If I got his name off, that, that uh, being in a relationship with somebody who is supportive and having coordinative outfits like Kaiser and the vet and the Veterans Administration, I'm a vet, uh, are, are very helpful, but for me, maybe the most important thing in being able to leave pain at that time and now was that uh, I'm in a relationship with a very wonderful Jewish woman who has a very good sense of humor, and it's it's, it's so important. Well, that's well, the that's cure, the Jacques. <laughs> that's the cure. Marry a nice Jewish girl, and you're yeah. set. <laughs> yeah, it's... so that, that's... And, and if I have uh, 15 seconds, I'd like to tell you, uh, she, wouldn't, she would disapprove of it, but it's a it's a kind of a, a, a good, humorous joke, but it's about pain relief. Uh, a yogi went into the dentist, and he didn't want to take uh, pain medication, so he wanted to he, because he wanted to transcend dental medication. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, that's great. Jacques, I, yeah, I, laughter I is good therapy. No, Jacques, definitely laughing is, is really awesome, and you should keep telling jokes, and it's great you mentioned this. I'm also a rabbi, so I, go, I love hearing about... Uh, uh, Jewish jokes or any any interesting things like that. All right. Thanks for calling us, Jock. You know, we talked about laughter being good therapy, and that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a good way to do it. But I think, you know, a lot of what our callers have described is just the idea that it took them a while to come to a place where even their physicians acknowledged, yes, mm-hmm. you have this problem, yeah. and they were able to get in to see somebody who had expertise in these areas. I think... Really, ultimately, it's going to take that dream team. It's going to take that comprehensive, Mm -hmm. coordinated approach. And let's talk about some simple things people could do right now. If you're in chronic pain or even if you're not and you're you're supporting someone who is, what are some simple things that they could do just to help themselves or their loved one? So it's a challenge, but it's not impossible. It takes practice to move your attention to other things in life. Um, so things like laughing. If you Bad la- jokes, laughing, <laughs> laughing 30 minutes a day actually helps people with heart attack, uh, but help, it helps with comfort. Laughing, doing some things you enjoy, even a little bit, even an aspect of it if you can't do the whole thing. Moving your body, not to stay in bed all the time, but also not to overdo. So finding that nice balance between ODing, overdoing, or UDing, underdoing. Um, 
being the friend, being like that woman's with, golf exactly. buddy, who says, "Come with us anyway, play three holes, mm-hmm. and then drive around in the cart with us, still have lunch with us." Just being that supportive friend who says that works for us too. Absolutely, no problem. Being with good people in your life that's going to help. Uh, reminding yourself that there are things you can do, Ian, if you can. Uh, certainly, you're welcome to call me or find out or find another source. There's lots of ways to learn meditation. Those kinds of skills really help the brain lower the stress, and that lowers your discomfort level. You raise your comfort level up when you do that. So those are some of the things. Really focusing on the comfort. Yes. Focusing on things that you can do that can raise your comfort. Absolutely. Now, will we ever have an opportunity to see Dr. Daniel Lev in some of our neighbor islands? Will you be branching out to other locations? Will be Will you be available via teleconference? Are you going to be the best-selling author that we beg to come back? McDonald's will have nothing on me. I'll have franchises everywhere. <laughs> no, if we, only we really could use that. I'm happy to first see if I can get together one program here. But you're right. I'm going to do my best to try to set up something online. That can help. It really does help to get together with other people. There are support groups online if you can't move uh, with a particular pain problem, fibromyalgia, low back pain, whatever. Facebook has groups <clears throat> Excuse me, to be able to do that. It w- it's very helpful. Well, and I think that that approach where you have that supportive environment, you mentioned yes. you come into this group setting, you sit next to someone who really does understand what you're going through. Sometimes just having someone validate your experience, but also share their experience. And sometimes they can even give you some tips. I am by no means an expert in every certain area of medicine. And I've had patients come and tell me things that I've told other people and they've done great with it. Sometimes it really is that group effort because you you learn by experience. In my group, I call it show and tell. People bring in stuff that works. One woman brought in a comfort box. She keeps special things to distract her and only opens the box when she's having a pain flare. I got to know what's in there. Come on. You know, uh, she had a Bible, some books, her favorite DVDs, some chocolate, a list of things to look up on the Internet that she didn't have time to do, a list of – do you remember letter writing? Oh, she had a list of addresses ago. and people and she had colored paper and pens to write letters and – Phone calls, all kinds of things to keep herself busy and enjoy as much life as she can while she's waiting out the flare. She's surfing on top of that wave of pain, and it felt a heck of a lot better. That sounds great. That's something all of us could do. Yeah. Create a little box, fill it with stuff that makes you happy. Right. And if there is chocolate, just a small amount, just a little bit. Just the right amount. But, you know, different ways that you can really, what makes you happy? What brings you comfort? Put that in a location Mm -hmm. so that you know when you're heading down that path, whether it be chronic pain, whether it be super stress, whether it be just needing to take some time out for yourself, you've centralized what it is that helps you. That's excellent advice. Uh, Again, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Daniel Lev, you can find him. uh, You can actually find him, what is it, Comfort clinic.org. Yes. And you've got a phone number, 808-6653. There goes my handwriting. Forget it. 6569? 6569-633-6569. They say doctors have the worst handwriting. They are correct. All right. We are going to have to have you back on again. If you want to hear this show again, you can head to our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Koslovich. Going to learn some more, learn how to meditate. We'll see you right here next week on The Body Show. We'll see you then. Thank you.